Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. On the show this week, we'll be discussing what games are being released, Pokemon Go, mobile games in general, and Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm your host, Ewan Roxborough, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, editor-in-chief, Shannon. Hello. Making his second appearance, appearance Seamus. Yo. And I haven't got a catchy, cool, catching phrase for him, but his name is Jake. Present. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. I'll work at that. I'll come up with a cool little catchphrase for you. Uh, yes, please. That is. Do your you have any suggestions? What kind of catchphrase would you like? Um, I don't know. Daddy Jake, Big Daddy. We'll come back to you. Big. No. Big not Daddy, Daddy Jake. Jake. <laughs> uh, well, Jake, let's give you a question you probably can answer. What have you been playing in the past? <laughs> yeah, I can't answer that either. You can't? Well, you're not been... Surely you've been no, playing Pokemon uh, Go at least, right? Yeah, honestly, it's just been Pokemon Go. I actually haven't sat down on the old console to play anything. The um, old console. The old <laughs> written it off. Mobile games are the way of the future. Yeah, it doesn't have any augmented reality games on it. How am I supposed to play? <laughs> um, no, it's just been Pokemon Go. I've been hitting that pretty hard. I've uh, I've got a couple of lucky eggs that I'm saving, so I'm just like going out and uh, catching mm. multiple Pokemon, so I can just go on an evolving spree and level up. So uh, that's right. really just been it for me. Going for like two walks a day, which is great. I tell the wife I'm one doing it for exercise, and two that I have to walk the dogs. Um, but she doesn't really know the true reason. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's been fun. Cool. What level are you now? Uh, I'm just about to hit level 11. So I'm not like hardcore going up, but I'm hoping the uh, evolves jumping up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Put those lucky eggs to good use. Uh, Seamus, what about yourself? What have you been up to? Um, I, because I'm a real gamer, unlike Jake, I've actually been playing um, real games on consoles, um, and handhelds such as, uh, I've been playing a fair bit of FIFA and I'm pretty keen um, to give Shannon a game uh, at For some sure. point, you keen, Shannon? Yeah. Very. If this internet holds <laughs> up, the smack talk begin. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you play as? So you uh, Shannon. Um, I usually go Liverpool or Barcelona. Yeah. Really? Are you a Liverpool fan? Um, no, not really. Oh. <laughs> just, Why yeah, would you play as Liverpool? It just I don't know, they're just my team of choice when I win all the time. Okay, Is it because enough. they wear press start red? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons. I honestly don't, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I don't really know anything about soccer except for the fact that I'm awesome at FIFA. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So much, There's no way people I know that have I no in interest in soccer whatsoever but play as much FIFA as yeah. you do, Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Grew up Are you a tennis FIFA. fan? Because I know you play a lot of virtual tennis. I am, tennis. but there is... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, <laughs> we're just dying for a new a good tennis game. Seriously, <laughs> EA released that one, but it was a bit of a flop, and there's been nothing since apart yeah. from virtual tennis. It's, which it's still is, is tennis, the, it's the greatest game of all time. Remaster for the NX. Yeah, no, that was actually really good. Rockstar's table tennis, one of the most random games yeah. of all time, but awesome. Hmm. Well, uh, have you been training up for FIFA too, Shannon, or have you been playing some other stuff on the side? Um. To be honest, I haven't been playing anything. Um, yeah, I've been playing Pokemon Go here and there, but I think I'm only level 9. 
Um, what else? I have hmm. honestly have not. What about you? Why don't you tell us about the uh, Pokemon hunt that you guys had over the weekend? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, we ended up getting I think seventy or eighty people, which was a modest effort considering there were other big events on in Melbourne. It was sort of the task was to catch fifteen unique Pokemon, so two of the same would only count as one. And surprisingly, probably ten people caught fifteen different Pokemon within. 14 or 15 minutes which shocked me wow, insane way. yeah because yeah. we had it as 10 and i thought oh I'd, I'd like it to last an hour an hour and a half and yeah it was still over apparently mm-hmm. something i didn't know and the girl that one knew was that if you have an incense every hundred meters a new pokemon will appear oh. yeah so people were on bikes I'd... like everyone was running around like and it was over pretty quickly which was annoying <laughs> well not annoying but it just took the fun out of it for a little bit like because obviously there were families and stuff there that <laughs> like two or three pokemon so yeah it was mm. good very mm. successful oh. everyone was happy getting their merch but but there were giveaways for people that collected the 15 pokemon yeah anyhow, yeah everyone right? was happy it was more just it would have been cool to have it the competitiveness last a little bit longer because everyone was having a ball yeah. mm. Mm. like you i wouldn't have got... thought that that many different Pokemon would have been in one spot. I would have thought for sure people would have had to go over like a couple of suburbs or yeah. something like and that. And surprisingly, like her last, last Pokemon few. was a... Uh, what's the... A Pidgey or a Rattata or something crap like that. Like, they were all really good Pokemon. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I don't even think she had a Zubat oh, in that damn. 15. What? Man, you, you just picked a great spot to have yeah. the event. Yeah. I'm going to have to hit up King's Domain for <laughs> yeah. some Pokemon I'm in desperate need of. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Well, I'm glad to hear it went uh, went off without a hitch, and everyone had a lot of fun. Um, but uh, no real games other than Pokemon Go, I guess, grabbing our attention at the moment. But there are some new games coming out this week that maybe will be grabbing our attention. Let's fire through them, and let you guys can just shout out if there's any that you're excited about. But to run through them briefly, we've got Headlander coming out on the PS4 and PC, Hyperlight Drifter on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, Dungeon Punks also on PS4 and Xbox One, We Happy Few on the Xbox and PC, uh, Batman Arkham Knight Game of the Year Edition on PS4, Xbox One, Fairy Fencer F, Advent Dark Force, which is a PS4 exclusive for the time being. Professional Farmer 2016 on PS4 and Xbox One and Dovetail Games Flight School on PC. To be honest, I know about 20% of those games. Um, I'm, uh, I... I'm actually really looking forward to uh, Professional Farmer 2016. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> is it just a career just... ambition of yours that you're looking yeah, forward yeah. to realizing well, I mean, in the virtual I space? live around the city. I really don't get a chance to go out <laughs> rural. Um, it's not every day you get to ride around on a tractor and, like, what's the word? Like, hoe wheat? Is that the right <laughs> kind of terminology? So, as, I mean, as a, you know, I'm, as a kid I'm keen from a to live family, my uh, dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Sir Seamus? Um, well, Jake, I'm actually from a farming family, so you can come down um, to South Australia oh, and you can ride a tractor whenever it. you want. Yes, how... Wait, do you, what what kind of ride-on stuff do you have? Because I'm a, I'm a sucker for, like, ride-on lawnmowers, <laughs> tractors. What, what do you got? I we thought got, you were going to say, tractors. like, ATVs or dirt bikes or something like that. Ah, you're like, have you got any please, lawnmowers? That's, <laughs> that's so mainstream. I want something, like, you know... Off, off the, uh, off the chart. Off the charts. You don't have many lawnmowers in Brisbane. Not right on, man. <laughs> My lawn isn't that big to have a right on lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> How did we? 
how did we get to Lawn Mowers again? <laughs> yeah, this is the start cast, and it's about starting lawn mowers and our different preferences on on lawn mowers and everything. So, I had not received that memo. I'm I'm sorry to say. Uh, what about yourself, Seamus? Do any of these games do they stand out to you? Um, yeah, a couple do. Um, Headlander, I've heard a little bit about. That's a weird one by Double Fine, where you play as a head in a post-apocalyptic society where all humans have been turned into robots, and you sort of take control of people with your head that can fly around and like shoot and stuff. So that looks kind of weird. I don't know if I'll pick it up, but I'm, I'll be keen to see some gameplay of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. That that I didn't realize it was done by Double Fine. I'm going to have to look into mm. that one a bit more. That sounds pretty pretty neat. Um, we Happy Few looks pretty cool, although we were discussing before that that's just uh, an early access game for the time being, is that right? Do you guys... Um, yeah, it's I'm one to, that I I'm haven't... Because uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I had it in my head that it was like a single-player sort of narrative-driven sort of game, because I remember and seeing a trailer like, shown off at E3. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, like, is, it is that. Like, it is that, right? Yeah. So how and do you do they... that in early access? That's why I it just doesn't quite compute for me. Well, I'm going to look into that, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more next week, depending on what I discover through my research. Also yeah. confused about why Batman Arkham Knight got a Game of the Year edition, when I'm not sure if anyone gave it Game of the Year at all. <laughs> Certainly That's no a, PC yeah. place. <laughs> I didn't get I a did chance to jump into Batman, so I don't know. I might actually... I was meaning to grab it, so I don't know if this will actually make me play it. Cool. It well, is, yeah, it is really good. It, like, I'm sure... Yeah, yeah, it's it's all right. It's not bad. It's worth playing. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> At least it comes bundled with all the DLC that everyone hated. Mm. Well, this, this is true. Yeah, the DLC <laughs> didn't sound great. But, like, the game, although I didn't think it was better than Arkham City, it was still a lot of fun. Graphically, it's incredible. The story is, like, it's still good. Joke, joke, is, yeah. joke is what makes it. Yeah, that's true. And the ending I found, like, pretty cool. But I mm. obviously won't say what that is, because I'll spoil it for poor Jake here. Um, <laughs> nah. It's mm. all right. <laughs> all right, well, it's one to watch out for, but let's get stuck into the topics. Let's kick things off with a beloved segment of mine, which is the Crash Bandicoot update, <laughs> which, just a reminder, in this segment, we discuss any relevant new Crash Bandicoot news. Unfortunately, this week, the update is empty because there is no new news. Jake, bit of a disappointment that there's no Crash Bandicoot news this week. You know what? I woke up on Monday and I had a great breakfast. I had a great day and I was like, how could this week get bad or get any like get worse in some way and you've done it for me it's <laughs> tuesday night we're early in there and i'm gonna get to friday so upset because there is no crash bandicoot news um <laughs> in, in all honesty though <laughs> what are we waiting for <laughs> like I just, once skylanders comes out well it's probably gonna be years and it's probably just a really bad joke that i've put in our podcast <laughs> I'm just, just like every week little it's bit like, of Crash hey, Bandicoot there's, news. There's in all of this week, do you think that we'll see anything more this year? Well, I'm. Nah. You, no. you know <laughs> I'm going to get like excited about Skylanders. I know people oh, are hating true. on yeah, it. Yeah, they'll, they'll let that breathe. I forgot about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna celebrate the return of Crash in any shape or form. Yeah. So it Skylanders, looks, I'm gonna cool. get excited about. And then there's like. <laughs> Little tidbits come out about the remasters. You know I'm going to be all over uh, that. But yeah, maybe there's going to be a lot of segments like this where it's just like, no Crash Bandicoot news. Our life sucks. Um, <laughs> Famous, what about you? Are you like a manic Crash Bandicoot fan like the rest of us cool 90s kids? 
Um, yes, yes, very much so. Um, I talked a little bit about last week when I was talking about what games and consoles I played, uh, and Crash Bandicoot was mm. definitely one. Uh, my brother and I played like just heaps the original Crash, Crash 2 and 3, the like party game one, which was like way funner than it should have been. Team Crash Racing, like, I, I even played the really crappy ones when they started like doing them on PS2, and then my love died, and now it's it's coming back again, and although they're making him look horrible in Skylanders, I'm keen for the remasters. <laughs> well, be sure that I will deliver you that news when it comes through, Seamus. Fantastic. Uh, but speaking of crash, there's been a crash in the price of Nintendo stocks. Oh, Ooh, segue. Yeah. <laughs> oh my segue. god, that wasn't was scripted a great at all. Segue. <laughs> oh <Yes>. my goodness. <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. I do it all for your approval. Um, oh, God. You video star, you... <laughs> I'm blushing. Can't contain myself. <laughs> oh, so uh, good. Can you let me just continue with my segue instead of yeah, just... go, go, go. You've got to let me get through it, and then you can give me my appreciation, okay? The, all right. Sorry. Uh, so, speaking of crash, there's been a crash in the price of Nintendo stocks of 17% after investors finally realized that Nintendo had very little to do with the game and would likely not see much revenue from it. Uh, so I think we gamers probably all saw this coming. Is that right, Chan? Um, yeah, I think so. So I think their stock price is still above what it was, but I think what this is, so they're going to release their quarterly investment this week and they're just managing expectations. Like there's not going to be a huge profit or any change in their expectations for the next quarter because they don't see this as something that's going to bring them a lot of profit long term not for nintendo because they only have such a small part in this because they didn't even develop it as with the 3ds games coming out so yeah it's it's not the solution for all of nintendo's problems for sure Mm, for sure for sure uh what are your thoughts on this jake do you think it was kind of a little bit silly to get a little overhyped about this game oh yeah for sure i mean from an investor's point of view like you know, the Nintendo kind of branding wasn't on any of the Pokemon Go kind of mm. uh, apps or, or anything like that. Um, so it's a little bit weird. I, I mean, there's definitely that front of mind kind of uh, a connection, Pokemon, Nintendo, you know, and that's how it's kind of been for this whole time. But, I mean, like, I'm super interested to know, like, the backstory, like, was Nintendo ever approached to kind of give give it a leg up or anything like that more than the, what was it, 13% they have in it? Like, do we know if that was a thing or, has, uh, or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, I'm a little puzzled by this too. Uh, so I wonder if you guys know, maybe Seamus, maybe you got the na- an answer for me, but uh, like, what is Nintendo's involvement with this? And like, what, like how does it work with Pokemon? Because I kind of thought that like Nintendo owned Pokemon as a property, but then Game Freak and... Uh, uh, Niantic kind of had like the game kind of control for this particular it- iteration, I suppose. Okay, so um, I was reading. Do you guys know reading, how it works? Yeah, I was reading a bit about this just earlier today, and the way it works is that the po- there is the Pokemon Company, and they own Pokemon apparently, and then Nintendo owns a third of the Pokemon Company, and so those hmm. that revenue trickles down a bit. So I'm not I'm not too sure how much, but more or less. They just own a part of the Pokemon company that's outsourced the Pokemon sprites to this other company that's actually made the game. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think I follow. But it's yeah. yeah it's all a bit. It's all a bit confusing. Huh? 
<laughs> Pretty much, Nintendo is not making that much money out of this, and investors realize that after a week or two. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was like a fair amount of people saying, well, is this really going to be that much of a difference for Nintendo? Just goes to show that these investors probably weren't playing the game and probably aren't hip, cool, in the no gamers like ourselves. <laughs> Maybe. Exactly. But the th- I don't know if we can get to stocks. There's probably some sort of legal thing against that. I wouldn't even know what I'm doing with stocks anyhow. Uh, but, the- s- sorry, am I, sorry, I'm about cutting I someone just- off. Go for it. I was just about to say, like, the, the device, though, like, the wristband Pokemon Go Plus thing, yeah. Nintendo oh, yeah. is developing. Yeah. yeah, that's a good um, point. But, like, those profits were, like, factored in, correct? Nobody develops cheap plastic <laughs> like Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Whoa. Hashtag burn. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Th- like, they said that those, so many those profits now, were already factored into this. I think you yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they already they had already factored yeah, that yeah, into their okay. earnings. That's why they won't be adjusting it, right? But surely, with the amount of gamers that are now on it, like, can that not increase, like, you know, that kind of investment profit at all? Uh, like, look, uh, I'm surely no it's going to blow past expert, what they predicted. But I would say that. Com- Shannon, <laughs> I thought you were. Boss. How can you not know? I'd this say stuff? companies usually overestimate. If anything, anyway, so... Yeah, well, Nintendo totally screwed up the predictions of their yeah, Wii U exactly. sales, right? Like, that was in the news <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I feel like this is this has got to be a win for Nintendo purely because of their involvement with Pokemon. Like, there's surely got to be ways they can spin money out of this. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, like in the it purchase, like the accessories and stuff. But, like, this has got to bode well for the sales of Sun and Moon, too, right? This is sort of reinvigorating interest in Pokemon. Yeah, and yeah, surely. Definitely. I mean, I'm kind of considering getting Sun and Moon, and I've really not had any kind of attachment to Pokemon since I watched the show as a kid, and I yeah. played a bit of Pokemon Yellow. Like, that's... I've really kind of been distant from it since then, but Pokemon Go has really sort of got me back in amongst it all, I guess. So, maybe they'll, yeah. like, win over more people such as myself, and that will reflect nicely on their sales towards the end of the year. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Yeah, go on, Jay. Ewan. Like, I... Sorry. I, I like... I've, like added pokemon go the first uh, not pokemon go i've added pokemon the first season to my netflix mm. list i've like gone mm. hunting for like my game boy and everything which i'm pretty sure i know where it is i just have to move things to get there but like yeah absolutely <laughs> like pokemon go has like um really kind of like uh reignited my love for pokemon like i just really want to get back into the, the old school games and everything so surely you know it's it's only going to benefit that franchise even more now yeah i guess i never really sorry i know you want to speak shannon but just i just want to piggyback off what jake's just said there um but i never really got pokemon like i've never really been a big kind of collectathon guy i kind of like having a story or kind of missions or some sort of objective so to just kind of get thrown out a world and then like some old guy in a coat and a mum that doesn't really seem to care much about you just to kind of say go and collect some pokemon these weird funnily named creatures in these little strange plastic balls i was just a bit like i don't really get this um yeah but now I do, like, now as I sort of embody Ash, I guess, and go out on my own little merry little adventures, thankfully my mum hasn't totally outcast me yet, but uh, I kind of get it now. Like, it's kind of it's kind of fun. Um, so I'm kind of keen into playing, like, a more modern game with that changed mindset. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, that's where I'm coming from. What were you wanting I to say, I was just going to say something similar to Jake in that 
I, I think people are more likely to look back on their memories with Pokemon rather than look forward to like a moon or a sun and think I want to play that. Like I heard a lot of people in the office today mm. saying, oh, I want to go back and play gold. How do I do that? And like I was, I didn't hear much. There were probably five or six people chatting about the old games and I didn't hear anyone ask about moon or sun or speak about the 3DS. It was more about the Game Boy Advance and the original Game Boy and watching the show as a kid. So I think it, it pulls at the nostalgia string more than getting people back into mm. the series. That's just for me. Like, I've, I've had the same yeah. thing. I really want to play Moon or Sun or maybe X or Y, but I just don't care about those Pokemon. Like, I don't want to see some stupid big bear Pokemon in my game. <laughs> that's, that's not what I want to remember. <laughs> that's a fair call. Like, I, I can I can agree with you, <laughs> Shannon. The lot of new Pokemon look weird. I'm... I'm kind of excited for the new Pokemon, but at the same time, I'm just like, I oh, know, I, I picked up X and Y and Black and White, and each time I got like halfway through, and I was just like, I just got burnt out because you're just doing the same thing over and over, funnily enough. Um, and I'm yeah. sure if I was five years old, I'd really appreciate it. Um, but just these days, it's just not for me nearly as much. Mm. So do you think the difference with Pokemon Go then, Seamus, is the fact that you actually are getting out and you're exploring kind of physical areas? There's just that greater level of interaction with it because the concept is more or less the same right like you're still going out and collecting pokemon just in a real world versus a virtual world is that yeah, the difference de- yeah i think there's a difference although personally i don't really play it that much um i played it right. for like the a few days and i got bored of it um but I, I do love the social aspects of it and like how it does get people to go out for work like i sort of discovered a bit of a park near where I live as well and um, like that that's a good thing and like I see lots of friends who are staying out until 2am in certain suburbs just catching Pokemon and I'm just like like as long as you're enjoying it that's what's important um regardless mm-hmm. of it being that similar formula but yeah the fact that you it's actually you doing it rather than just a character in the game like then yeah I think it has a lot more influence on people and it's a lot more interesting yeah well, speaking about going into the dark and hunting for Pokemon, <laughs> let's return to another recurring segment that we got introduced just last episode, where we enjoy some of the latest Pokemania that's occurred during the week. So in the news this week, we had two daring Japanese Pokemon trainers who were willing to put their lives at risk in their quest to catch some rare Pokemon. The trainers went down an incredibly dark tunnel, which is said to be haunted by ghosts. Uh, and it was all captured in an hilarious video you can see over on the website. Uh, it starts out in kind of like with them being in sheer terror, but the pair are soon delighted as they start catching Pokemon in what can only be described as a supernatural act. Uh, oh. One of the players' <laughs> phones so seemed good. to stop working mid-hunt. Uh, that's some top-notch writing there, Shannon. Props to you. Uh, unfortunately, no Ghastly or Gengar were caught in the video. Uh, he's having fun. I yeah. like it. Um, so, Jake, is this the weirdest Pokemon Go story yet? We've got a couple of these, couple of Japanese guys going down a haunted tunnel in search of Pokemon. Nah. Or have there been nah. weirder ones? Nah, nah, nah. This is, this is great. I think, um, <laughs> you know, this is in true, like, Japanese fashion. Like, they love, like, their horror stuff. So, mm. it's like, for these guys to, like, film this video, I watched it. It's hilarious. Like, their reactions just are so good. Um, like, and they start catching Pokemon and they get excited about it and then they show it and it's like a Weedle. And you're like, eh, it's not like the greatest Pokemon. But, like, that's still cool. Like, I just, yeah, I, I think it's just quality entertainment um and you know stuff that we kind of see um out of japan as well so 
I don't know. There's definitely been weirder things that we've seen. Like, I mean, dead bodies found, hordes running around, uh, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. Even just restaurants getting on board and giving discounts for people, like, uh, just playing the game. Um, but, no, I love this. I love the video. So good. Go watch it if you haven't watched it. Yeah, it's like a shame they didn't kind of like end the video with like a, a Mewtwo sort of hoax. Like there's just a Mew at the end of this tunnel and they just kind of inspire like thousands of Japanese people to go down this this mysterious tunnel and the hunt to a frictional Mew or something like that. Um, but uh, Seamus, what kind of uh, bizarre length do you think people are going to go to next? Is this just going to get worse or do you think that there's going to be a limit at some point where the interest of Pokemon sort of fades out? Um, well, I'd like to think it's dying out already, but there is that really hardcore base of people who I'm sure are trying to catch them all and will go to every length to find them. Like, I've, I was talking to a friend the other night, he's talking about another friend who'd, like, been driving around for eight hours, just going around catching Pokemon, I'm just like, that's that's way too much. Like, I could, I could get halfway through Last of Us in eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's no, I'm pretty sure, cool. I'm sure... Okay. I'm sure someone will I mean, how much like, climb Mount cost? Everest at some point or something like that. Well, if they were on top of Mount Everest, they may indeed get pretty decent mobile signal, which would allow them to download some mobile games, uh, which introduces our next topic, which is mobile games. Seamus, you're particularly keen to talk about this. Uh, mobile games, you know, we were kind of joking around at the start of the podcast. It's kind of something that people tend to hate on. Uh, but in fact, you know, we're into it like in a bigger way than ever at the moment with Pokemon Go. And in fact, there are some pretty decent games available on Android and iPhone devices or Windows phones, if anyone's using them. Uh, but Seamus, let's start over to you first. What are some of your favorite mobile games? What else can people kind of look to explore on their mobile device other than Pokemon Go? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I heard like a tiny bit of that. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Come back. Yeah. Come back. Quite. Um, okay. Um, so basically, talk about your favorite mobile games, and that'll be fine. You just want me to talk about? Just say, well, some of my favorite mobile games would be blah blah blah, blah and then talk about those. Okay. Um, well, Pokemon Go being so popular at the moment and although like it is good it's getting people outside and all that stuff it's um i just don't think it's a great game so i still want us to talk about some of our favorite mobile games and i i've never really been to mobile games a huge amount myself but there was one game in particular uh back a couple of years ago called 80 days and it's pretty much a game based on the on the book um getting around the world in 80 days and it's mm. it's actually really story focused. It's got some really nice art. The music is really nice, and it's pretty much you have to get around the world in eighty days. Pretty simple premise, but there's a lot of um, tasks that you have to focus on, like multitasking things, and so you have to collect certain equipment to get certain places. You have to take certain transport to get certain places, and like a story unfolds as you do all these different things. You may be taking a train across Europe, and pirates attack in an air balloon, or you're going across flying across the uh, Hawaii and the sh and the plane starts to go down because the engine and there's like you sort of craft your own story and it's actually really cool. I spent a lot of hours on it, so that's one really cool mobile game I really enjoyed. So I want to know what were some other mobile games you guys really liked? Sure. Um, well, I mean that sounds like quite a quite a deep kind of game, and I guess that's what kind of surprised me about mobile games is that 
uh, they can in fact be quite deep, kind of na quite narrative-driven sort of experiences. Um, I can't say I've really spent a lot of time with anything quite like that. Uh, I'm actually totally unfamiliar with that one. Um, but uh, one that I quite enjoyed was uh, Lara Croft Go, um, which is a Square Enix one, I believe. Um, and uh, it's just kind of like a super kind of neat, well-presented kind of puzzle game um, with kind of like lots of things and exploration to solve and obviously kind of a great game design in terms of the way the puzzles kind of escalate in complexity. Um, but I've, yeah, I kind of tend to enjoy those like more arcadey ones. I, I think um, Square Enix are doing that with a lot of their friends. Didn't they do Hitman Go and Deus Ex yeah, Go like as well? Yeah, like they've done Hitman as well. Yeah, yeah, they've done it with a few. I think they're even. Oh, what was the other one they were they're talking doing? They're doing Deus Ex Go. I don't know. Deus Ex. That's yeah, that one. I that was that E3. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're obviously proving to be quite popular for them. But like, I kind of enjoy stuff like Jetpack Joyride and like Fruit oh, Ninja, great game. which are kind of the games that I guess. Um, the more kind of like hardcore console or PC gamers may kind of hate on a bit but to be honest that's the kind of experience like I want when I'm on the go like uh, it's something you can easily sort of pick up and play on the bus or wherever you may be um, I find it quite hard kind of returning to sort of like a heavy narrative game when I'm on the go and it's so kind of interrupted um, but you know like each to their own uh, Shannon like what are some of your favourite mobile games? Um let me just look. I haven't really played mine in ages, to be honest, but I used to, like, when I first got my iPhone, be really into Doodle Jump. I don't know if anyone played that. Good game. Good game. <laughs> um, Doodle, yeah, Doodle Jump is classic. Words with Friends. I played a lot, obviously. Draw Something was yeah. key. I haven't... Wow. Yeah, just... just I usually, like, get around these viral hits and then sort of go off them. The only thing I'll play now is... Wheel of Fortune, which I know sounds really random, but like if I'm on a flight or waiting for a flight or something, like me and my other half will play that because you can sort of both play on one screen, which is cool, but nothing really grabs my attention, to be honest. Like, I think Pokemon Go is the first game in what a year or two that's actually really broken through with the mobile market. Like, it's just so hard to come up with an original idea. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's heavily saturated, isn't yeah. it? I know. Like, part of me kind of, when I'm out and about, I tend to go towards my Vita more so if I want to play a game. But, you know, most of the time I'm pretty content in just, like, listening to music or just kind of flipping through my social feeds yeah, exactly. or something like yep. that. Um, so it's quite difficult for me to see kind of an opportunity where I think mobile gaming would be useful to me. I, um, but what about yourself, Jake? What are some of you... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I, I do see your point in it, sort of. I would enjoy to play something like a mobile game to, to escape that's not too heavy narrative driven, which is why I like games like FIFA, like just to be able to play mm. a few games, not have to think about a story or watch cutscenes. Like that's my escape from work or whatever else where something like a, a fallout is just sometimes too much to, to sit down and play. So I can see why there's a huge appeal for mobile yeah. games. And I think Pokemon Go has been a really good escape for a lot of people. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough one. Mm. Mm. It is. Well, uh, Jake, what about yourself? Have you kind of got into the mobile games a bit? Um, yeah, I'm a little bit like you, Ewan. Like, uh, most of the games that I've got into are things like Jetpack Joyride and, and Fruit Ninja and Candy Crush and, you know, some of those kind of more viral uh, mobile games that have come out. I'm looking at my little games folder now. I got super into, like, Disney Crossy Road that came yeah. out uh, not too yeah. long ago. 
Uh, ones I always go back to, there's one called Stack, where it's literally you just have to stack squares on each other, and if you miss it, it like chops off for half of that square or whatever. Mm. Um, so super ba- basic. And then Phase 10, because I love that card game. I've got that on my mobile as I well. I didn't know that was a mobile game. Games, I love but... that card game. You don't know a Phase I know 10. Phase 10. I didn't know it was a mobile game. Oh, mate, get it right now. I'm going to do that. We should play that on the weekend. fun that you can have. Oh, yeah. Oh, I should bring bring it. it. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever played Phase 10. Like, nor nor cards. I was always more of an um, Uno guy. Yeah, it's better than Uno. Well, it's Um, different than Uno. Okay, calm calm down. Nothing, um, like, very little is better than Uno. It's Speaking uh, to the kindergarten, you know, champion right here. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Got that on your resume? Sure do. How do you think oh, I got nice. hired at Press Start? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is an interesting topic because not too long ago, I did a video uh, on Press Start YouTube that was titled, uh, Why Do Mobile Games Suck? And like, it was like the discussion about like the perception, like... I think it's a good point. Like, you know, Seamus kind of talking about all these, like, deeper games that you can kind of get on mobile that are more story-driven and, and I guess, um, more in line with what is on the, the consoles that uh, and those franchises that we're used to on the consoles. But I, I it's it's this weird thing that, like, you know, uh, hardcore gamers what want these more in-depth games on mobile where, you know, I don't think mobile is there yet. Mobile is there for those quick fixes, for those, you know, short uh, entertainment games that, you know, we're on a bus, we're waiting for a flight that can kind of like, um, you know, kind of just pass the time in. And, you know, a lot of the time, people are more than happy to do that. You know, there's Mm. times where gamers do want to be able to... uh, I, I don't know, escape reality for only 10 minutes and then jump back into it. You know, there's times where I'm like, yeah, I, I want to play something, but I'm not going to turn on like The Division or Ratchet and Clank or something like that because I know I'm going to spend more than 10 minutes of it. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if the, the kind of the, what's the word? The outlet for mobile games to delve deeper into, I guess, you know, more story-driven or even just more in-depth games is really there yet. I, mm. I, I know the technology is there, but I just don't know if the perception is there. Sure. So, Seamus, to throw back to you then, uh, where do you sort of come down on, I guess, the way like Jake, Shannon, and I seem to have a sort of pretty common ground in the way we interact with mobile games? Do you feel like we're missing out on kind of better, deeper sort of experiences? And do you think that some of the hate kind of thrown towards mobile gaming is a bit unjustified? Um, I think there are lots of good experiences. Like, I've only tried one or two. Like, uh, 80 Days is one of the only few that I've really tried. I'm sure there's a lot more. I think we're probably all missing out, really. It's just getting past the idea of mobile games can actually be decent and have deep and meaningful experiences, really. So uh, I'd like to check it out more, just finding the time. And so often, even with handheld games like 3DS and Vita, I'm... I feel like I'd just rather be playing on console and that's kind of same for mobile, but I'll, I'm going to try and get into it a bit more in the future. Mm. Mm. Okay. All I right. Think, well, I suppose all something we can learn from that. Oh, sorry, Jake, go on. No, I was just going to say, I think the hard thing too, um, like I, I like the point of views that Skyler Seamus brings in and, and I think the mm. hard thing too is that like those kind of uh, 
uh, you know, bigger games that are available on mobile because they are bigger games and more well-known games, like those price jumps kind of uh, jump up a lot more, you know, you're pay paying, you know, nine, ten, twelve dollars for that mobile game when people are kind of used to going, oh, two dollars, that's a bit expensive, but I'll get it because it seems like a good game, so... It's, it's hard as well since, you know, if you can get Batman on mobile, you're like, oh, well, I've played this on my PS4. So do I want to spend $10 on a mobile game that's similar, but I know that it's going to be a lot more downgraded as well. So, yeah, mm. perception's hard to kind of, I guess, flip. Mm. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, speaking of crap mobile games, let's talk about some more crap games, specifically <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. I, oh jeez! I'm <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry, guys. That was a, Sonic fans everywhere. I, I actually just feel like, really bad about what? that now. <laughs> I was trying to be funny, um, but no, no, no. I I do joke. But uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was in the news uh, in the past week uh, in celebration of his 25th anniversary uh, with a couple of titles announced. One was Sonic Mania, which is a 2D sort of uh, throwback kind of game um, developed by an independent developer based here in Melbourne called Christian Whitehead uh, in collaboration with Sega Headcanon and Padoga West Games. Uh, it appears to blend both new zones with remixes of classic levels all playable with Sonic Tails and Knuckles. Additionally, a second title simply referred to uh, or announced under the codename Project Sonic 27 uh, was given a release window of Q4 2017, so end of next year, for the PS4, the Xbox One, the PC, and Nintendo's upcoming platform, the NX, which is just cool. I just thought it was cool to see a little NX symbol in the bottom of that announcement trailer. Um, but Sonic is making a reappearance after, again, some kind of like sketchy, sketchy games in the past few years. Um, Seamus... We're still getting to know each other a bit. Are you uh, are you a Sonic fan? How do you come down on Sonic? Um, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Sonic fan by any means. I've played a couple of the games back in the day. I remember playing a 3D one. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was on the PS2, but it was actually really good. My brother and I had like an awesome time with it. Um, recently, though, Sonic definitely hasn't um, been fantastic. <laughs> um, and there's been a lot of shelly games coming out, but... I, I, w I would love to see Sonic come back in a big way, uh, whether that's possible, whether it's it's something like Star Fox where it's just, it was something of its time and it's not something that can really be brought into next generation and isn't really relevant. I I don't really know, but I it will be interesting. I'm, I'm keen to see some of these new games and what they're like. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm kind of optimistic about uh, Sonic Mania too. Like, I, th I think it could potentially bridge. Like, obviously, um, the sort of original Sonic games that came out on the the Genesis and whatnot, I believe, were kind of a little before my time. Um, but I have kind of gone back and played them. I remember like Matt and I were playing them at PAX because he was a, a big Sonic fan growing up. Uh, and I was kind of like, I don't really get this. But maybe if they were to sort of bring it out as a new game, but sort of adopt those kind of past traits and characteristics i guess the stuff that made sonic so special and so meaningful to people way back when um i could get behind that uh in sort of a modern context on like a, on a modern machine maybe i could get back into it so i'm kind of excited to see what uh see what mania looks like probably more so than project sonic 2017 or whatever it ends up being called uh but shannon what about you like are, are these kind of announcements kind of cool to you do you think there'll be a lot of interest around them was that at me? 
That was you, Shannon. You're not paying attention. No, I wasn't. You just cut out. <laughs> right, what you said the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, just note that down. So good. So, um, right. yeah, that was um, I'm with you, Ewan. Mania definitely grabs my attention. I think they should have just stopped it there and not announced the other one because I think that would have excited a lot of people. But I don't know anyone outside of maybe children that would want a new 3D Sonic game. What I found cool was the inclusion in Dimensions. Like that, I saw some gameplay today and that looks really good. And yeah, honestly, they should have stuck to Mania and doing Lego Dimensions. But what I was thinking today after watching some Mania stuff, it would be really cool. I don't know they kind of did this with Mario Maker, but I wish Nintendo would almost reinvent the original Mario and do like a proper game. That would be something I'd be really down for. Yeah, I mean, if they kind of imagine they did something like that alongside maybe Mario Galaxy in the same way that Sega here is uh, yeah. doing the kind of old school and then a 3D platformer, I guess. Like, if they did that that same sort of duality, I guess, that'd be really yeah. neat. Um, I, yeah, I'm hoping Nintendo do this in a big way with all of their games, though. Um, like, I think having a 2D Metroid would be awesome. It'd be really cool for them to go back and do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even if uh, Capcom kind of got around to going back to like a 2D sort of Castlevania sort of game, um, I think that, again, would be would be really neat. Um, what about yourself, Jake? Do you, do you kind of see uh, much benefit in sort of going back to sort of a 2D sco- sort of scope? Um... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think there's definitely some kind of market there for that kind of stuff. Like, I, I mean, jumping on the nostalgic train, like, we've we've seen Pokemon Go come out. We've seen uh, the mini NS, NS, God, NES um, come out as well. And everyone's just been going hype for all these kind of journeys back to their childhood. So, like, I mean, if, if these companies and developers were... You kind of, you know, took inspiration from older games and to reinvent like a, a 2D platformer and, um, you know, bring back that kind of style. I think definitely there'd be a ton of people that are interested. Like, obviously, if it looks good, it plays well, like it's definitely be something that I would grab. But uh, yeah, I think there's a ton of room for that to kind of be uh, reintroduced back into, I guess, the, the current gen kind of, uh, you know, situation that we've got happening. Mm. Maybe to throw back to you, Shannon, like, what do you make of this whole sort of uh, emphasis on nostalgia and kind of, we're seeing like a whole bunch of remastered games coming out. There seems to be a lot of emphasis on past releases more so than the upcoming releases. Uh, do you think that's kind of like a dangerous road to go down? Are we going to sort of kind of stall the in- industry with this emphasis on the past rather than looking forward and trying to progress forward and come up with newer sort of original games um yeah for sure like obviously it's working well at the moment i think we spoke about this last week but all these remasters keep selling incredibly well so obviously that's why they're being released but like you just said there's going to be a point where there's nothing left to remaster and that's honestly how it's it's going at the moment like when you look at all the top ps3 and xbox 360 games like most of them have been remastered in some form so yeah mm. there's still a what like if nintendo wanted to go through nes snares nintendo 64 like they could potentially do that for the next five to ten years so they have a bit of room in my opinion but yeah i when you look at the games that sony have released for ps4 that are exclusive first party games there's not a lot that they've released since it came out so i don't know Mm. i don't know what's happening there to be honest but but like you said we're gonna we're gonna hit a point where there's nothing else to remaster which is obviously easy money for Mm -hmm. companies and they're gonna have to come up with new ideas maybe 
that's in VR or new concepts, but at the moment it seems pretty repetitive gaming, which is not good. Mm. Mm. Well, bear this topic in mind as we slide over into everyone's favorite game show, as Jake often refers to it. What the wiki. Uh, just a reminder, I will read out a synopsis, a Wikipedia synopsis of a game, of an unknown mystery game, and it will be the job of contestants as well as you listeners at home to try and be the first to guess the correct game. Seamus, I believe you're familiar with how this all works. Yeah, you ready? For yep. another round? Yeah, very keen awesome. to be, Shannon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just going to so, put it down to uh, the let delay. Let me the scores, because I, uh, <laughs> I believe Shannon maybe stretched his lead out a little bit further while I was away the past couple Thanks, of weeks. Thanks, Seamus. You're the undis- undisputed champion, aren't you, Shannon? <laughs> uh, hang on. Yeah, so we've got Shannon on four, Fergus on two, Medi on two, uh, and then Matt and Kev on a point. Looks like, Jake, you're still to get on the scoreboard. Is that right? Look, like, like I look, like I said earlier, you know, it's it's really great to be able to boost your uh, your boss's self esteem up when you can. So letting him win when you can as well. Obviously, it's doing really well for him at the moment. So I'm keen to uh, do it again today. Well, you better hope so. Otherwise, Jake uh, Shannon's going to stretch his point out to three three. Po- sorry, his lead out to three points. So. Uh, yeah, Seamus and Jake, there's uh, some pressure on you guys to keep uh, keep the, keep the competition alive. Uh, <laughs> All right, <laughs> you're going down, Shannon. <laughs> so sassy, I love it. All right, first game. Here we go. Yeah. The console versions of this game received positive reviews, particularly for its narrative, visuals, gameplay, combat, and world designs, but most criticism given to the emphasis on the game's new vehicle. The Windows version, however... Seamus? Seamus. Batman Arkham Knight? Hey! He scores the first (laughs) point. Well done, Seamus. That was good. Thank you. Had no idea. Had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I had no idea either. We were just we're just talking about that. Yeah. The show. It's like I planned this all out. <laughs> all right, game oh number God. two. <laughs> In the game, the player takes control of War, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. In a third-person perspective. Yeah. Seamus. Darksiders. Well, congratulations, Seamus. You've taken it home and won fell sweep. What a clean sweep. Well played, well played, Seamus. There was obviously a bit of a theme in the fact that like these games of having like remasters and re-releases. All right, well that puts Seamus on the scoreboard with a single point, so he joins Matt and Kevin. So I'm ahead of Jake. Place tie. You're uh, you are ahead of Jake. I'm so <laughs> sad. I was like so keen, and then you said your name again. I was like, great, now it's over. We've been playing for like a minute. Got my I'm hopes sorry. up, and then just teared them down. I was kind of hoping that would drag out has longer. The podcast to, to make ended. Up some time. I, we're running has a little the podcast bit. Ended. We're, no, we're, no, we're still going with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just run a little under time. I thought that segment was going to go longer, but Chambers just blew it out of the water. Okay. I'm so sorry, uh, guys. Well, it anyway, leaves, too good. It leaves a couple of games on the list for next week, so that's that's all good. All right, well, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 62 of the Startcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or any other podcast service of your choice, as well as following Press Start on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at PressStartAU, and visiting the site, of course, at PressStart.com.au. 
Uh, you can send us your topics. I, again, was slack at getting audience topics in today, but if you guys are keen, you can tweet in either myself or at Prestart. I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan T. Roxborough. Joining us today was Shannon. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. You can follow me on at Shancake underscore. Definitely nailed it this week. Also yes. joining... You, you definitely the hand, the definitely handle this week. If you were here, you were last week. You would have you got it. Reference. You got it. What what I did you do with your handle last week? I could not remember my handle. I'm still not going to just couldn't, you couldn't remember it at all. <laughs> it's got an underscore. Wait, good get to go. Your handle? You you use it like every day. But you don't tweet yourself. I don't tweet myself. <laughs> no, but like it, it shows up in the top. I right don't sit there looking at my profile. You. Am I am I that much of a narcissist? I think you am are. I? <laughs> uh, joining us today also was Seamus. Yep, um, you can find me on Twitter at Seamus Mullins. S E A M U S M U W L I N S. Thank you so much for having me on for my second show. Awesome! It was a pleasure having you. Congratulations on the win. Uh, and our third guest has his work cut out for him. His name is Jake. Ah, oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. God, what a great podcast to be on. I just get to leave now with a very, very sad, sad... Uh, uh, I don't even know. I'm too sad to even think. But yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Jake Barros. Uh, we do have the Your Most Anticipated video coming up. There'll be enough time to join that conversation. So uh, let us know what games you are looking forward to in August at uh, Press Start AU. Sweet. Yeah, look after that one. I, I await it with eager anticipation. I always am fascinated to see what people are excited about each week and each month. Uh, but you can find all this over at prestart.com.au. Until next time, this is you and signing off. Bye, guys. Bye. Catch ya.